Hello and welcome to Strathcom Talks. I'm your host, Jaffer Husband. Today we will be talking about how to combat misinformation, fake news, and disinformation regarding the coronavirus pandemic. To discuss it, joining me today is the spokesperson for the World Health Organization, Dr. Margaret Harris. Dr. Harris, thank you very much for joining us today on this uh, podcast. Uh, now, it's been about uh, two years since uh, the emergence of uh, the coronavirus pandemic. Tell me, as a spokesperson of the World Health Organization, how common do you think fake news and disinformation is? It's certainly very common. Right at the beginning, we realized we were fighting not just an epidemic of viral spread, we were also fighting an infodemic, um, and, and, and which was an epidemic of information spread. Now, some of it was just information, but a lot of it was misinformation. And some of it was just things that weren't correct, but some of it was malicious and was causing people to actually do things that harmed them. Okay, then what do you think gave birth to such ideas? Would you say ignorance? It's a mixture. Uh, some people are, might put something out because they're being silly or they think it's a joke. And unfortunately, other people believe it and pass it on to their friends and relatives and the thing goes viral and becomes established as fact. Sometimes it's to make money. So somebody may be promoting their particular cure or their particular product, and they spread misinformation about this being the way or about other things not being correct in order to make money. And But quite often it's, it's people who've got some goodwill who think that they've got the answer to a problem and they pass it on to their friends and relatives And again, it's not the answer. And the problem is people are following that instead of the things that will protect them. Indeed. So, Dr. Harris, what do you think is uh, the solution to this problem? What's the best way to combat misinformation and fake news regarding this pandemic? So a lot of it is a lot of work by people like me is required, people like organizations like the World Health Organization to ensure that we get the right information up on all the platforms and update it regularly and make it very, very accessible. Uh, that's also important that other trusted sources such as health ministries also ensure that they inform people openly, clearly, as often as possible so that people know I can go there and I will get information that makes sense and that I can use. Also, it's not necessarily their obligation, but they're an important partner. The media are the sources that people trust and usually the source that people go to first. So again, good partnership with good media professionals like yourself makes an enormous difference. And lastly, we have to rely on the general public to stop and think and look at the material before they pass it on. So there's a lot of work we need to do with people to help them to pick the difference between something that's not helpful or positively harmful and to stop the reflex, not just immediately, you know, share, like, send on. Indeed, indeed. Now, Dr. Harris, you mentioned uh, media there. Let me ask you, what do you think is the role of media? And do you think media should avoid giving voices to people who are known for spreading misinformation and fake news about this pandemic, because certainly that puts the uh, uh, lives of innocent people at risk, is, doesn't it? 
the media do have an incredibly important role to play. And it's difficult because media are their, you know, their chief responsibility is to their audience and, of course, to their proprietors. Most media are owned by private companies, so you do have government-controlled media. But so they, because media are so important in people's lives and are trusted, they are a critical part of getting the right information to people. And I have to say... 99% 99% of media are really, really good at this and have gone over and beyond what's needed, you know, during the pandemic. They really have been very helpful. But where there are media outlets that have an agenda and use misinformation to push that agenda, that can be very harmful. Okay. Now, Dr. Harris, uh, let's talk about uh, uh, some uh misinformation and fake news uh, that emerged uh, over the past uh, two years. I would love if you could address uh, uh, these for us one by one. Number one, is COVID-19 a bioweapon? No, it's not a bioweapon. Okay. And another one uh, that uh, we have come across is about vaccines. Uh, Some say vaccines are going to uh, modify your DNA. Uh, So what are your thoughts on that? So, no, they're not going to modify your DNA because that's just not how they work. Uh, the vaccines are actually made of RNA, which is something, it's a messenger that goes out in the part of your cell, not, to, not the nucleus of your cell. It actually takes messages. And the RNA viruses are very clever because they disappear. They're particularly useful because you put them into your muscle and in half an hour, what's gone into your muscles disappeared. But in that time, it has trained your body to recognize the characteristics of the COVID virus. So it's really extraordinary technology and it's it's very, very effective. And okay. it disappears. Dr. Harris, <laughs> now, some people also say that, uh, you know, the way vaccines were d- developed, uh, they were developed in a way where they did not follow all the security and safety protocols. Is that true? That is not true. And in fact, it's been remarkable how quickly they have been able to develop the vaccines while absolutely ensuring the security protocols were followed. Now, one of the reasons it could happen quickly is because this family of viruses is one we've been studying since SARS emerged in Hong Kong in 2002. Now, at that time, that outbreak ended before we had a vaccine and the SARS, that SARS virus didn't reappear. So there was no commercial interest among the vaccine developers to go further with the research and to develop a final vaccine. But a lot of the early work had been done. And also a lot of work had been done on the Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome, which is also a coronavirus. So basically, much of the early work had already been done and they could move into the other studies quite quickly but at no point were there any corners cut. I can tell you that because our organization is tasked with making sure the corners were not cut. Indeed. Now, Dr. Harris, there's another uh, belief uh, which is quite common, especially among those who are against uh, taking a coronavirus vaccine. They say that COVID-19 is just like the flu, especially with the emergence of this new Omicron variant, which uh, some studies uh, indicate might be a bit milder than the previous variants. So is COVID-19 just like the common flu? No, it's not. 
It's a very, very different virus from the flu virus for a start, and it affects us in very different ways. The only two things those two share are that they're both viruses, yes, and they both affect your respiratory system. But the damage that, that the uh, coronavirus does, COVID SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes coronavirus, does is down in the lungs, down deeper into your system, if your immune system lets it invade into the lungs. Now, younger people seem to fight it off better, and it doesn't get into their lungs as deeply and for as long. Uh, but no, the, the, the two are very, very different diseases and they've affected our populations in very different ways. The new virus we're seeing, it's, the early reports indicate that there have been more milder cases than we saw in the earlier waves, but it's still not clear. We still don't have enough detail. Or what we do know is that, say, the hospitalizations in South Africa, they didn't have as many people needing the, the intensive care. But we still don't know what the long-term consequences are. What we do know is it spreads much, much more quickly than the previous versions of SARS-CoV-2. All right, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Harris, for clarifying this for our audience. Now, before I let you go, what would be your message to those who are listening to this podcast? Because certainly in today's world, everyone has access to the internet. What do you think we can do uh, on an individual level to combat uh, fake news and uh, misinformation about the coronavirus pandemic? So the first thing you do is check any new information. And so if somebody sends you something and says, ah, oh, this, this, this is what it's all about, this is, we know all this, blah, 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 this is the new secret information, check it first. Go to trusted sources. If go to a trusted source, either in the media, but go to your health, um, organizations like us, to the World Health Organization, um, and look through it properly. Uh, and lastly, don't pass it on. Don't pass information on until you've verified that it's reliable. All right, uh, Dr. Mar Margaret Harris, uh, thank you very much uh, for taking out the time for this podcast. Uh, and like I always say, thank you very much for doing what you do. It's a pleasure. And I also thank you for doing what you do. You're a great partner. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you so much, Dr. Harris. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Bye for now.